Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Dave Gershman, and joining me from the greater Toronto area is Matt Klassen. Matt, how are you? I am great, Dave. How are you? How are you doing? Um, I could be worse. I have a, I have a little bit of a stuffed nose, but uh, you know, I'm doing well for the most part. Watching some uh, Orioles, Cardinals, hanging with the dog. Uh, That's a, yeah, it's a, it's a classic mashup. You know, it's actually more exciting. I mean, I'm not sure why. Those teams, those teams, those teams hate each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I I get I get all hyped up every time like a team like that comes to Baltimore. I don't know why. I just feel like the Orioles. I like seeing them host. You know, like a big team because just people actually go to the ballpark. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Hey, you know, I just shocked that uh, uh, bringing in all you know crappy old players didn't work for the Orioles. That's just stunning. Derek Lee, uh, well, I guess, well, I'm not sure if you'd call either of them veterans or old players, but, uh, well, Hardy and, and Reynolds are playing pretty well. Yeah, Derek Lee. Well, no, those, those, I liked those signings, but the Lee, Lee, uh, Vlad, and, uh, uh, uh well, oh, God, I can't remember his name, Kevin Gregg. Yeah. Justin uh, Dukeshire obviously didn't pan out. Well, that wasn't bad, because it was cheap, but yeah, I mean, they're, the, the Orioles keep, uh, Shooting for 500, and it's it's uh, and not making it, which would be funny if it wasn't so pathetic. Well, speak of well, yeah. well, we don't have to. We, we can go off on the Orioles. We'll have Daniel on sometime. Yeah, we'll talk well, about Daniel Morales. We'll talk about the we Orioles have, sometime. Yeah, we should have Daniel on. Daniel, Daniel. You know, it's funny actually. I think when we started the podcast back in January, the plan was to have Dan on. You know, um, you know, every every once in a while, but we never got to that. But yeah, we'll definitely have him on sometime. Um, you know, we. I, I want to just preview the show real quick. Uh, we 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 don't have too much time today, but we have some awesome special guests. We have uh, Toronto Blue Jays right-hander Jesse Ulich joining us from his palatial estate in uh, somewhere, and we have Pizza Cutter, also known as Russell Carlton, joining us, and and he's going to talk about uh, about his previous work as a as a stat speak analyst and and one of his great pieces, and um, just to get some. Housekeeping out of the way, Matt. Uh, everyone needs to follow Matt on Twitter. Um, Matt, you have, I believe, 1,060-something followers. How many? 1,000 and... I, I, know, I haven't looked. Well, you should look. Um, be, after all, because this is a race between you and I, first to, first to, first to a million. Um, That's right. Follow Matt uh, and follow me. I'm at Dave underscore Gershman. Matt is at Devil underscore Fingers. Uh, we have a podcast email account, even though no one ever sends emails. Um, it is btbpodcast at gmail.com. And, uh... No, didn't we get something from the Prince of Nigeria? What's that? Yeah, yeah, actually. So that was pretty cool. He had a lot of questions about uh, about the Royals farm system. Uh, he said that if we sent him uh, Will Myers, <laughs> that in two years he'd send us $2 million. Yeah, that's actually happened to a lot of people I know as well yeah um that nigerian guy keeps uh demanding money and and uh scares the living hell out of out of out of gmailers contacts which is really nice um so yeah so this so the podcast is probably going to be a little bit under an hour this week but you know we want to get started um yeah. i you know man it was funny i was in trenton this week and um and I was at I was at the Monday game. I was covering the Fisher Cats, which I usually do when they're in uh, when they're in, when they're in Trenton. And uh, it was funny. I I got to the park. I'm with Michael Ashmore and Josh Norris. And Harold Reynolds comes to the park that day. But he was but Harold Reynolds was the only guy who came to the park. You know who? Uh, he didn't hug. You. He, he didn't let him hug you. Hug you, did he? Did Matt, you? Matt, lame joke. 
<laughs> I'm just kidding. That was kind of funny. Um, did you go? Did you go to Boston? She had a Boston market with him. <laughs> Harold actually, he was really nice to me. He gave me a handshake. Yeah, said, I know. He said, "Hey, buddy." Um, but hey, buddy, you guys are tight. Well, that'd be nice. But he was talking to a famous baseball player who the three of us, who who Ashmore, Norris, and myself, could not believe was at the park. And you know who that was Dave Winfield. Close. Reggie Jackson. Apparently, apparently, he, I guess he comes to Trenton. Uh, once a year for a series. He was, in the, he was in the dugout the whole game. Um, but, you know, most importantly, uh, well, maybe not most importantly, but very importantly, um, I was able to, you know, to once again see some, you know, I really do feel these, you know, the Blue Jays, the AA, Fisher Cats are some of the better prospects, not just in the organization, but in baseball, really. And, they, you know, they have Travis Darno, who was ranked 35th on Baseball America's prospect rankings list this past year. They have Michael McDay. They have Danny Hechevarria, Anthony Ghost, Joel Carino, Henderson Alvarez. They have a ton of guys who who really are fun to watch. And, and that team is loaded with talent. Um, you know, they uh, – and, uh, you know, they're always – every time I see them play, they're all – you know, someone always does something. I remember I, you know, I saw the guys. <laughs> Somebody does something? Well, <laughs> every time you see them play, that is exciting. I mean, you know, a daddy, a daddy had a home run last time I was there. Uh, you know, Darno had a couple hits. Uh, Goes had a couple hits this this. Wait, wait, wait! Hetcheria hit a home run like on the little kitty field, right? Like the. <laughs> Actually, it was it was out of the ballpark. Literally, it was over. You know, there's there's a huge wall in left field, and he hit it over that wall, and it, and it landed in the street, I think, or. In... On the big boy field. Yes. <laughs> no, the the major league field, and. Uh... You know, wow. yeah. I mean, Matt, I, I know, I know you and I were talking about this before. I want to get your opinion on, on a, on a possible comparison, uh, for for Travis Darno. But basically, uh, I was talking to his father. I was talking to Travis. You know, Travis is is one of the best prospects in baseball. I really believe so. And um, he, you know, he he's a very intriguing player. And I know there's a certain reason why you think so. And and I, and I want you to tell our listeners that, Matt. Who? You. Who's who's who am I saying? Travis Tarno. Well, because he's hitting really well. I mean, I don't know uh, if it gets if it if it gets any more complicated. If it's uh, if there's any other way I can say it. I mean, uh, I think if you compare him to Arcibia at the same age, they're at the same level. Um, he's hitting for about the same power, uh, but he's uh, I think striking out at the same. He's more importantly, he's he's walking more. And if I'm not mistaken, he has a, a much better uh, defensive reputation. Is that yeah, the case? Yeah, 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 absolutely. He he um he's still working on his throws from uh, from catcher to, to second base, but um. Well, that okay. That's an I, that's an important. <laughs> Sorry, I had to sneeze. No, I, I I was I was I was um like I cut off on my sneeze. No, he. I mean, listen, uh, Henderson Alvarez was pitching to him. Um, on Monday, and I've seen and I've seen Travis Darno catch several times, and and he you know he rarely uh, lets balls get by him. I mean he he's uh, he, he's yeah. a really good receiver. I, and, you know I, I I do think receiving is a little bit overrated. I, you know I, at least for you know for prospects, but he does a really good job uh, catching the pitchers. He you know he doesn't let balls get by him. He he blocks the play real well. Uh, he you know he from what I hear he calls a good game. Um, yeah, and he well, can hit. You know, well that's the important thing. I mean look who knows you know we you know stat heads we. We argue about that a lot, whether that's a real skill or not. But you know, even if it isn't, managers think it is. And so, if you want to, if you right. want to get a fair shot in the big leagues, it's good to at least have that reputation. Yeah. Uh, because if if you don't, uh, you end up getting napoleoned. Right. Yeah. Um, and where, or well, or more 
probably a better turn would be you know getting Mathis. Yeah. Well, you know, I, um, another thing about about Darnell, I'd say is, and I, th- I you know, I do think this is a little bit of a problem is that um, Sal Fasano, the Fisher Cats manager, who does a fantastic job. Um, I'm not sure if this is if this is, if this is his decision or someone else's, but he only has two catchers, and um, and 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 according to and from what someone told me uh, on the Fisher Cats, um, Darno uh, and and Jan Gomes, Jan Gomes is the other catcher. Um, both of both of both catchers have to get playing time, and uh, one of them, or sorry, I guess the other cannot play when the other is catching. So. Because yeah, yeah. obviously there, and there's no there's no third catcher there's nobody on, you know on the field who could put on the gear and catch. So, and so they can't sit there and they can't you know they can't take, a, take a break off and, and and work on their back. Yeah, exactly. Which yeah. Is, which is limiting. Yeah, that's a good point. Which is limiting when you're a catcher because you need the days off. Yep. But if you're a prospect, especially a stud prospect, you need the reps at the plate. Yeah. Well, I guess, and you know, and you know, it's it really it's a, it it sucks both ways because you want to have a backup catcher, but at the same time, but you want to have both bats in the lineup, as you just said. And, um, you know, I'm not, and and they've actually they had they had Jack Murphy from uh from I believe uh, Dunedin. Uh, yeah. Only for a week, and he's and he's 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 gone. I mean, he's back. I think he's a. Vancouver maybe or Lansing, but anyway, um, yeah, it, it, yeah, that is a problem. And um, but I, you know, I, I, I really do believe uh, uh, the next place uh, Travis Darno plays will be Toronto, for many reasons. Uh, the, you know, the, the Blue Jays like keeping their top prospects with the Fisher Cats, as, as you just saw. Zach Stewart gets optioned uh, not to Triple A but to Double A, which is New Hampshire. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, I know another topic that you and I wanted to talk about uh, was the. Um, were the Mets and, and and you know more importantly some some July trade candidates, but especially a, a, a trio of Mets uh, candidates. And you know it, it was it was funny because um, I know Matt you had a, you had an excellent article. I think it was maybe a month or two ago about Beltran's trade value. And you were absolutely right because yeah. you basically said that you know because he does have a price tag. If you know even if the Mets uh, take some salary, he's still probably going to get. He's still probably going to bring back, uh, you know, a C prospect or something like that. And... Well, I said a, cu- a couple of them, I mean, maybe a little more. Uh, you know, I I, I, I hate qualifying it. Look, it depends on how much money they throw in. Uh, Beltran has cooled off a, a fair bit uh, since since that. I mean, you know, I'm just realizing that right now uh, Alex Gordon is out warring him. Right. Really? Wow. Can you believe that? Uh, we don't. They're not going to jinx Alex uh, anymore. But yeah, you know, this is a guy. You know, Beltran's really talented, uh, but he's just got a huge salary. So it depends on how much the Mets and who knows their financial situation, how much uh, ownership will let them throw in. Hopefully, they'll let them throw in a lot. And on the other hand, teams I mean, there's a limit to how much you can do that to get a good prospect because teams value prospects so much more highly now. I mean, they might get a B minus out of Beltran, you know, or like a a, a B prospect who's maybe. A, I mean, Luke Beltran is a really good player. I've always liked Beltran, uh, and he and he's showing that you know this year that he, that he's good. He's not getting super lucky on balls in play. He's hitting for good power in a tough park. He's just showing his usual great plate discipline. So there's a true this half a season of a star of a even a star player isn't that valuable. And you're talking about a guy who's not a star anymore, right? He's a very good player. Uh, right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should edit that out. Uh, he's getting, paid, but he's getting paid like a star. So, yeah, they're not gonna get much. Of course, the big, the fish, the big fish is Reyes. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I completely agree. You know, I think I think um, there's a little bit of a misconception because Reyes is going to bring back a lot. Um, you know, still Beltron. Hold on, a second, I have to sneeze again. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I, I have a little you're bit of cold. I'm not sure why. But um, Dave. Yeah. Do you should you should take you, Dave. Just you should you should edit this stuff. The sneeze. <laughs> that it's it's disgusting. <laughs> um. That. No, but yeah, Reyes, Reyes, right? Reyes is having maybe the best season of baseball right now. Uh, and again, I, I don't think he's actually this good. I, I mean, he's not a he's not a four hundred he's not a four hundred will be hitter. I don't think that's an insult no. to say he's not. Uh, uh, but <laughs> it's showing that he's still a very good hitter. You got a you've got a shortstop who's probably around league average defensively. Yeah. Uh, who runs the bases like a demon. And uh, who's probably a plus twenty five hitter? Yeah, you're talking a guy who might be a five win player in real life. And over half season, that's two and a half wins. He's probably gonna get like six million bucks. He could be worth. Uh, teams aren't gonna don't well. There's not that many A prospects. There's probably five or six. There, yeah, and teams aren't gonna will not trade nope. a top position nope. player prospect anymore. And I don't. And, and maybe not even the pitchers. I don't know uh, how many A pitching prospects are there. Uh, two or three. Was, was, was Mike Montgomery an A prospect? Yeah. Before the uh, are you, are you mean a double A prospect? No, 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 no. I mean, uh, oh, uh, an a great, prospect. Great. A pro- yeah, uh, I'd say yes. I'd say both he and Lamb were. Yeah. Well, th- yeah. This is why uh, you might be. You're seeing why you might be able to get an A prospect, <laughs> a, a, a great A prospect. You know, a five star pitching prospect. Since Lamb is now yeah. probably not going to come back until exactly. 2013, and Montgomery. Is taking a serious step back in AAA, um, and honestly, if you look back, he wasn't all that great in AA last season. So, uh, um, I'm not trying to rip the Royal system. Obviously, it's still a really good system. It doesn't mean their system's not good. It just means, anyway. So yeah, the Mets are gonna be able to get something big for Reyes. Uh, I won't be talking about this again, but it's worth talking about because he's a great story. I mean, it's a great. I mean, it's interesting. I and mean, here's a guy who basically was awesome. One of the best shortstops in the league. Was the best players in the league. Uh, from about 2006 to 2008, uh, got hurt in 2009, came back last year, was good. I mean, you know, was an above-average player. But, he had a 321 on base. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, he was okay. He was he was pretty good. And this season, he's awesome. Uh, he's basically back to his own tricks. He's not walking as much as he did in his best seasons, but you know, look, I, you, you can nitpick any player to death. Uh, uh, this is a guy who he's just been. Awesome, and even you know, no one's gonna no one's gonna pay right. for him to be uh, a rod, which he's play, he's play, I mean, basically, the value he's putting up now in terms of overall is, is seriously like a Hall of Fame level season. And maybe he will, but he's not going to. Uh, you can't expect him to make it. But he could he could get them a, a an awesome prospect if they're able to move on. Right. The question is 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 do, do, who, what teams does he match up with? Do the Giants have? Uh, Exactly. Well, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I don't know which. I mean, you know, there's a couple of teams out there, and those teams seem like they're not really willing to, you know, to either give up the prospects or to upgrade a shortstop. You know, uh, the Reds, I think, would, would be a good fit. The Giants, you said. I mean, the Reds, uh, you know, if the Reds were, uh, if they were to, if they were to have pieces for the Mets. I mean, they have two excellent catching prospects. They have uh, a couple of good middle. Inf- I mean, yeah, they have Billy Hamilton in the, in the middle infield. They have Yorman Rodriguez in the outfield. They have Mike Leake. They have, you know, they have, a, they have a ton of options there. Um, definitely one of the catching prospects. The Giants, I think, uh, would have, you know, I, they'd have to at least consider Brandon Belt, I think. And, 
and, you know, I'm sure the Mets would, uh, would still want him even with, uh, you know, I mean, he, he yeah, he has played the outfield, but even with the Ike Davis drive, I think, you know, Brandon, Brandon Bell is, um, is still a, a top prospect, and he'd make sense for the Mets. Um, and, you know, I, I think a team that that should have, I mean, you know, this is what I was thinking. I'm not sure if this makes sense for this team, but um, if the if the Arizona Dimebacks, if, if they're really in it, you know, maybe uh, maybe upgrade Steven Drew. I'm not saying Steven Drew's having a bad season. He, uh, because he's not. Well, there's no, there's, there's no way the Dimebacks are going to trade for him, though, right? I mean, I, mean I, what, I, I wouldn't, but I'm just saying, you know, the, I mean, there's just, I'm just thinking of, uh, of any, of any options out there. I mean, maybe the Angels. Okay, is, is can, can Reyes pitch relief? <laughs> well, no, the Dimebacks have been great in the bullpen this year. <laughs> I know, but, but if you ask uh, Kevin Towers, you can never have. What do you do? Hey, this is a question for you, okay? Oh, would you do a? Well, don't forget. It. I mean, I, I mean, I. I no, think, no, ask, ask, ask. I mean, would you do a Stephen Drew and David Hernandez? Well, would you do a Stephen Drew and and Sam Demel swap, or Stephen Drew and David Hernandez swap for Jose Reyes? Um, if I was the Mets, it, I'd do it for Ray. I'd do it for Drew straight up. Really? If you're the Mets. Yeah, because you're not contending this year. That's a, that's idea. Well, he, he's under contract for for two more years, I believe. After, well, I'm looking it up right now to make sure. I thought they have a. <laughs> wait, the Mets. The Mets. Reyes is gone. Yeah. So, so you do it. If, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, well, well, who knows? I mean, look, I, I like I like Reyes, uh, but. Uh, I mean, this is my point for the Diamondbacks. Okay, the Diamondbacks have to have some sense so, of urgency. There, their bullpen has been has been incredible. Their, uh, the pitching has been well. Well, sorry, the rotation has been pretty good as of recent. I mean, they're they're only a couple games behind the Giants. Um, if they really want to win it, I mean. Maybe they should go for it. I'm just saying. Yeah, but here's the thing. I mean, look, uh, he's he's better than I mean, Reyes is better. Of course than he is. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he's not. And he might he might add two wins this season. But the, the Diamondbacks, uh, they I mean, look, they could trade here, but of course then they don't have Drew anymore. They get I mean, but then then they they have, then they have no shortstop next well, season. They, 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 they have Chris it. Owings. I'm not sure if he'd be up to the, for the job, but they still have him. I mean. Well, they don't. But, but then they have a huge. I have a good idea. They have Willie Bloomquist. <laughs> well, that, yes, that's true. I mean, don't they need a first baseman? Um, they. I mean, they've been they've been using Juan Miranda. No, uh, Juan Miranda is not is not a first baseman at all. I mean, they have they have Brandon Allen there. I don't like Brandon Allen at all um, as a first baseman. Yeah, they need a first yeah. baseman. They actually do. Uh, so maybe they. That, so that's what they should be trading for. What about uh, then, Chris Davis? What do they trade? Well, so now we're talking about who the Diamondbacks should trade for. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't think. Chris Davis, I'd like to believe in him, but here, that's a guy who uh, has broken a lot of hearts. What about Yonder Alonso for the Diamondbacks? Well, I was thinking more Yonder Alonso. Alonso for no, no. <laughs> Which which one? No, I think I was thinking more Yonder Alonso for uh, for the Mets. Yeah, actually, as I like part that. of a Mets deal. I mean, yeah. can he play left field? Not really. That, that's the thing. He, he can't. He can't. Play well, that's okay. Neither can Jason Bay. <laughs> well, yeah, but if Ike Davis, I mean, if he does come back, then you're stuck with two. First baseman who? Yeah, I, that's not the problem. The Mets, uh, I don't know. The Mets maybe need to trade for trade for some pitching, but who? Madison, even though it's not going to happen. But yeah, but the, yeah, but the Giants aren't going to give him up because he's a he's a sure. I mean, he's he's shown he can pitch in the majors, and, and I'm not sure. There's a lot of questions about Alonzo, aren't there? There are a lot of questions. Yeah, I mean, he has a terrible body. He can't hit for power, and he can't play any other position except for first base. He really can't hit for power. Not really. No, not at all. Yeah, and he's 24 yeah, already, so it's not like he's yeah, super yeah, young. I think he's done. I do. I, I hate to say it, but I don't know. Uh, Keith Law had him as a top 60 pro- in his top is like 57 or 60 or something. Yeah, so, well, I mean, uh, yeah. 
the fifties or sixties. So uh, he sees something there. I mean, whether that means there's something to it uh, or not, I don't know. Yeah, the Mets. So the, I think the Mets keep something good for Reyes. Uh, uh, you know, the, the Tigers. The Tigers don't have any prospects, though, do they? Not really, not at all. Well, they have Andrew Oliver. They have Andrew Oliver. They have Ryan Perry, who's, who's already a, a major league reliever. They have. Um... Yeah, the Mets aren't going to be trading Jose Reyes for an, uh, for a decent relief reliever. No, they have, right? they have they're Drew gonna Smiley. Pitch, Drew Smiley. They're going to want a real yeah. a real prospect. Well, they're probably going to have to get somebody on the lower levels. But for Reyes, that could be worth it. I mean, look, Reyes could Reyes isn't going to bring back a, a top position player prospect, but he might bring back a top pitcher or a couple decent. You know, he could bring back uh, uh, not a Zach Greinke Hall, but but something similar, like half. Yeah. He could like bring back out a trade, you know, something like Odorizzi, and then a uh, then a crappy position player, or maybe he could bring back some, you know, he could. Bring, I, I mean, I'm just comparing it to that. What about like what about Nick Franklin for the Mariners? Jose Reyes for the Mariners. Who's I? Sorry, I can't. Is there Nick Franklin a pitcher? No, no, he's a he's a shortstop. Doesn't he suck? Not really. No, not at all. What about? Hey, sorry, I'm, I apologize. I'm just drawing a blank on Nick Franklin. Dustin Ackley. It's no, that's not that's <laughs> Yeah, no one's going to do that. If they're not going to do Steven Drew, then I can do it for Ackley. Right. Uh, yeah, I think the logical the logical places are uh, San Francisco, maybe uh, Detroit. Cincinnati. But Cincinnati makes a lot of sense. You know which team makes uh, a ton of sense? Like, so much sense? I mean, I'm talking a million cents, but only if they win, you know, like like 15 games out of their next 20. The Twins. The Twins. Yeah. yeah. But what are the Twins? You know, like Aaron Hicks. And Aaron Hicks. Years? But, well, they have, they have Hicks. They have uh, Manuel Solomon. They have um, – they, they've, they've, they, yeah, they have some good pitchers down down there in the minors. But, um, yeah, but is Hicks – I haven't paid attention. Is Hicks actually finally hitting this year? Hicks, yeah, Hicks is, Hicks is, is actually – from what I'm hearing, he's been, he's been going crazy in, in uh, – Yeah. I'm, I'm looking right now. He's still striking out a lot, and he's not – He's saying a lot of doubles and triples from what I hear. Yeah, but he's yeah, he's not hitting for a lot of power, but uh, he's getting he's he's making a lot of he's doing a lot uh, doing a lot of walks. He's, he's he's walking a fair bit. I mean, this is a guy though who's isn't I mean Hicks is a is a tools machine. He's just a guy. He's still sort of learning to play. Is that his reputation? They have yeah, basically they have Kyle Gibson. We forgot about Kyle Gibson. Yeah, I don't. He's uh, a top twins pitching price. Yeah, I, I love to sit here and make fun of the twins and how how much how bad they are. But yeah, they're not going to be trading for Jose Reyes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the race thing. I, I mean, yeah, I, it'll be that's going to be a big question because here's a guy who's. I mean, he's having a season in terms of his value a lot like Jose Bautista did last yeah, season. I agree. But he's going into free agency, so think about who would have been able to trade for Jose Bautista last season. I mean, it's a little bit of a different situation because Reyes, everyone, not no one's like totally shocked that he could be awesome still. Maybe not this awesome, but I mean, uh, yeah, I'll tell you what makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Monter- Jesus Montero for Reyes, because the, because the, the Yankees are never going to give Montero a legitimate shot anyway. It looks looking like, and we can yeah. talk about that time. And uh, I I know he's not playing that well the season, but I, it would never happen. But they, they're never because of the whole Jeter thing. But he would New York the Yankees could use an awesome shortstop. They might have the money to resign him, even if they can't. I mean, who but, cares? But Matt. So it looks because they're going to waste Montero. Anyway. Matt, but Derek Jeter has three million votes, and he's the all-star shortstop. What are you talking about? Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> well, I think on that note... On that note, yeah, uh, we... we should probably get the pizza cutter in here somewhere. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, listen, uh, have a good interview with him. I'll be very quiet. He's so quiet. Well, we actually, I'm not sure what you're there. talking about because we already interviewed him, Matt. Yeah. That's right. I was and very quiet. quiet. I think you're talking about our next guest, um, Barack Obama, uh, That's which, right. which you uh, are going to be quiet, I, I think, because you're nervous because uh, you – because because I've never seen his birth certificate. Yes, that's why. Anyway, I was talking. I, I liked him, but then I talked to Luke Scott a little bit, and I have a lot of suspicions. Luke Scott, I, I hope the spill. Well, yeah, this is the last note. I hope uh, I hope the Orioles give uh, Felix Pa. Uh, an, I mean, yeah, he, they've given him about thirty chances already, but I hope they give him uh, another one and and let uh and, and put Luke Scott on the bench just because I just because I can't stand him. But anyway, um, we're gonna take a break real quick, and when we get back. We're gonna talk to uh, Jesse Lich, and then after that. Pizza Cutter, also known as Russell Carlton, and then Matt and I. Well, and then and then we're gonna and then uh, and, and we're probably not gonna end the show uh, with Matt and I talking because we've already spoken too much and you guys are sick of hearing our voices. But well, goodbye everyone. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. In some respects, I suspect you've got a respectable side. When pushed and pulled and pressured, you I'm not being joined by the Blue Jays right here, Jesse Litch. Jesse, how are you? Good. How you doing? Um, you know, I just want to ask you a couple of questions in general. You know, you started the season off pretty well, and um, I, I know you were healthy to start the year. What were some of the most important things for you this season that you didn't see last season when you pitched? Uh, arm strength. I mean, it was a matter of you know being able to come back from Tommy John, come back from the hip, and and let the the whole arm strength, whole Tommy John uh, heal and. And come mm-hmm. back in, in the offseason and come strong. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't want to dig in too much into your injury right now, but um, but uh, do you do, do you feel stronger after after some rehab so far? Do you feel you know like a little more ready than you were uh, after seeing uh, Andrews or Yokum rather? I mean, I didn't see either of those guys. It's it's uh, the time of John having 09. Right now, mm-hmm. some shoulder some yeah. shoulder stuff going on, and it was just a matter of in getting the stuff out of there and, and coming back and not feeling mm-hmm. pain anymore. And and right now, I'm not feeling pain, and it feels great. Your start uh, with the Fisher Cats, and then um, are you, um, are you, you know, are you gonna go like seven innings, like five innings, six innings? Have you, have you decided decide that yet? Uh, I mean, it, it'll be my second start with the Fisher Cats, and I'm supposed to go five innings and 75 pitches, something like that, and you know, just get my work in, start building up my, uh, my arm strength, and and hope to get back there soon. And last question, um, you know, uh, obviously, are you gonna be back in Toronto pretty soon? What are some expectations of yours uh, for the rest of the season, since there are you know three months left, and you'll be back soon? Ah, win ball games. You know that's that's what you want to do every time you go out there is win ball games, and hopefully we can make a run for the, uh, you know, the, the wild card or even the uh, the pennant. Thanks, Jason. Now we're being joined by someone who you may also know as Pizza Cutter, but he's also uh, his his real name is Russell Carlton. He is a consultant to the Cleveland Indians organization, and he is famous for his stat speak days. Uh, he is also a clinical psychologist, Russell Carlton. Russell, how are you? I'm doing beautifully, and you? I'm doing okay, and you know I, I'm really I'm really happy to have you on, Russell. Uh, thanks for joining us, and um, you know those of you who uh, who know Russell most likely know him for his baseball, and and uh, you know we. Uh, I'm actually reading an article right now. Uh, I've read it many times, but I'm looking at it, and it is titled "525,600 Minutes: How Do You Measure a Player in a Year?" And you know, I want to I want to start off with that, Russell. Uh, that's you know, it, it's basically a famous uh, baseball serometric article, and it's used uh, it's been used for, uh, for reference many times. It was, I think, it was just published on Fangraphs a couple months ago. You know, um, mm-hmm. could you could you just uh, uh, describe 
the the genesis of that article and, and how it all came about, how you formulated it, how how you felt about it, you know, how you how you made it as perfect as it is. Perfect it is not. It's one of those <laughs> articles that um, now looking back at it, and that was about three years ago that I wrote that. And, you know, there's so many little things I would go back and change, but um, yeah, I was uh, uh, way back in the day. I was on Statspeak and I was uh, you know trying to pump out a couple articles a week. And, you know, uh, around the Sabre Metro community, I was over on the book blog, and I was having a conversation uh, with MGL, and we were talking about a couple things, you know, where I forget, uh, I was doing a lot of stuff on dips at the time, and trying to establish, okay, what's reliable, what's not, what uh, what stats are good for pitchers, what stats are good for batters, and, you know, we, we were kind of talking around and getting to hey, the more uh, at-bats a player has, of course, or more batters he faces if he's a pitcher, the better sample we got of him, the better idea of what we have, uh, what his true talent level is. But, you know, where is that bright line? Where is that cutoff line as to when we say this is good enough? And so, you know, I'm sitting around thinking about it, and I'm like, wait a minute. I know how to do that. Um, I have a background in, in, uh, in, in statistics. I've, I'm in clinical psych. We call that split half reliability. Um, I could do that. And then the rest of it was just kind of like, okay, let me pop open my retro sheet and do a little bit of uh, coding and let's run it and see what happens. And the rest was uh, uh, was was just coming up with a good rent reference to throw into the title. And uh, you know, were you were you um, the whole time? You know, uh, were you confident that the, uh, that the data was going to go through uh, you know correctly and and eventually you know prove the point? I mean, because this is this is a it's a very complex article. You know, even for the even for one of the smartest, uh, well, even for you know, for the smartest, uh, you know, uh, statisticians or ceramicians to read, um, you know, how how did you how did you make sure that uh, aside from aside from just being confident and you know, as you said before, um, how do you make sure that you know that the data was going to go through that it was as perfect as it was? <laughs> perfect, it is not. I keep telling you. <laughs> well, I, I, I like to call I, it perfect. <laughs> It, it's, you know, it's, I, I actually look back at some of that original code that I wrote and I mean, there's, there's things I do different kind of on the front end and also the back end, but um, it was actually a lot of trial and error on that one um, because, I mean, it is, it, it is kind of a, uh, just from a programming point of view, it's kind of complicated to do. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, and at the time I didn't, I didn't think it was going to be anything. I thought it was just, you know, I, I tried to, um, I, I tried to, write an article every, I think, Monday and Thursday at the time, and I was just looking for, I'm like, oh, good, I have an idea. I can go with something. I can run with it, and I probably did that over a weekend and uh, um, let it run, and just uh, my computer sat there and ch- turned out the right numbers. So, mm. um, you know, it's, uh, that's that's the fun part. So, And uh, and moving on to your other work, uh, you know, to your other yeah. uh, uh, stat speak work and whatnot. Um, yeah. Could you talk about, you know, first and foremost, could you talk about your but how you got into Sarametrics in the first place, and <laughs> and how you and how you uh, and how you fell in love with this type of of, of baseball uh, work, I guess, okay. in that aspect. I think every <laughs> I think everybody's story starts off when they get a copy of one of the Bill James baseball abstracts when they yeah. were eight and don't understand it. Like I and like I'm looking over on my bookshelf and I see the the 1988 abstract my parents got me and it went way over my head at the time. Um, but you know, I mean, I was, I was the kid who was reorganizing his baseball cards. I was the kid who was, um, my first job when I was 10 was selling baseball cards. I was talking baseball. I was always into it. Probably just play it worth, uh, worth a lick. So, um, 
so I was the guy who was reading box scores. I was the guy who was uh, who was slicing and dicing stuff that way. And I got to be um, when I was in graduate school. You know, I was uh, hanging out on some boards and posting stuff here and there. And I got uh, I got to where I read Moneyball. I read Baseball Between the Numbers. And I had been doing a lot of, of stat work just in my uh, in my research, uh, my professional research. And in reading through some of the stuff, it was like, hey, I, I know how to do that. And not in a, oh, this sucks. It's just like, oh, they're doing stuff and I, I know what they're talking about. I, I, know how to, I know how to program that sort of stuff. And so that's, I, I started doing that. And oddly enough, and this is um, – I was actually in Lawrence, Kansas. Yeah. And Bill James aficionados, you'll appreciate that reference. I was at a conference um, which was boring me to tears, um, and it was on a it was on clinical psychology, and I'm sitting in the audience, kind of sketching out a plan of research um, for what eventually became my first couple of articles that I wrote mm. uh, and submitted to by another by the numbers. So that was how I got into it. That was a lot of fun. And uh, and do you? Do you look at at, at sabermetrics and and advanced uh, statistics now? You know, do you read articles now and and say to yourself, you know, maybe maybe I had something to do with uh, with the rise in sabermetrics? You know, because I, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, um, your work was was most uh, was most frequent, I guess, in two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and that was you know uh, that was a couple years ago. Um, right. you know, there's been there's been thousands and thousands of articles published. There's been tons of studies done. You know, um, um, you know, from that time and uh, to now, do you see do you see um yourself as as someone who who helped uh you know serometrics and and uh, you know i guess gain a i guess gain more of uh, of momentum and stuff like that i'm enough of a clinical psychologist to know that i should <laughs> myself on that line on that level no i mean I, I i i looked at it as and i even now i still look at it as this is just a fun little hobby that i have and i am to this day, amazed that anybody still reads that old stuff. I, mm. I, I, I am, I, to think. I mean, I'm thinking that, that you know, that narrative just doesn't happen ten years ago, where you know, a guy who um, just likes to look at, uh, at at baseball for fun and starts right. this thing on the internet, and now there are actual baseball people who know my name, which, which to this day, I, I am. I am just floored by. Right, and um, you know, I, I want to talk to you a, a little bit about Russell. Uh, you are uh, you're a clinical psychologist, or you were a clinical psychologist, right? I was a. I have a degree in clinical psychology. Right. I haven't seen a patient in about two years, mm -hmm. and, um, and just just so I stay out of trouble, I am not technically a clinical psychologist because that implies that I have a license, which I do not. So we'll just we'll just leave it as I have a degree in clinical psychology. But you did write or author. Um, a, a blog on baseball perspectives called Baseball Psychologist. Um, yeah, and, baseball therapy. Yeah, and that eventually developed, and that eventually turned to the Statspeak blog. Am I right? Um, well, oh, you know, Baseball Psychologist was. I started off. That was a little blog spot that I did. Mm -hmm. And one day, I just said, you know what? I'm just going to go for this. And if, if nobody pays attention to me, so what? You know, um, it was because before I'd been writing a blog about Gilmore Girls. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I figured, okay, well, I'll write one about baseball. And about a week later after I started it, um, I got a, an email from uh, Corey Humes, who was at the, at the time the baseball director for, um, uh, for MVN, which has uh, since closed. 
And yeah. he said, you know, we've got this uh, this blog that we have open, and David Gasco um, had been running it um, along with a couple other guys, and they had kind of drifted off that. Um, and he said, would you be interested in joining? I'm like, okay, cool, sure, I'll, I'll be happy to do that. Um, and then they um, – uh, I was actually the first. The other person they hired was uh, was a guy by the name that maybe you've heard of him, Sean Smith, who yes uh, does the show. Uh, yeah, yes. Um, he was the uh, he was on that. Um, you know, we had uh, uh, that that he uh, he he found he, he wanted to do something else, and that was uh, that was his thing. But um, yeah, that's how I got started there. Yeah, I uh, I actually you know I I think Sean is now working with the Angels. Am I right? I think he's or he's working for Major League Baseball. He's working for a team, and he doesn't want to say who, right. and that's his prerogative. Yeah, um, Sean. Yeah, Sean did some great work uh, with Sean, and, and I. Uh, I remember, you know, I was looking back at um, at this at this, I guess, this off season's uh, projections, and you know, mm-hmm. it seems a little bit quieter without Sean. <laughs> yeah, well, that's all right. Um, hey, hey Russell, you know, I want to, I want to ask you. I mean, I, I know, you, I know, you just um, you were talking about about uh, about the blog and. Um, you know, do you think do you think it's 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 fair to say, or or do you think it's it's fair to you know to evaluate um, baseball from that kind of perspective? Uh, you know, I, I know you did some of that. Um, how exactly how how exactly uh, does that work to to analyze baseball? Um, I guess in the aspect uh, that you did when you were writing for the uh, for the baseball psychologist blog. Well, you know, I I always found that you know I. Um, when I was when I was in uh, sabermetric conversations, I always found being a psychologist was kind of you know it put me um, in in a very odd place because you know a lot of guys were in econ and math and physics and and right. you know, very very numbers heavy stuff and uh, you know as a psychologist you know I I'm first taught to okay let's you know figure out what's this person thinking what are the decision points. What are the influences? What are the incentives? What's going on in their mind? And you know, I I I found that to be fascinating. And you know, it's it's a little weird because most clinical psychologists are like deathly afraid of statistics. I'm right. a little bit of a weirdo uh, when I go to clinical psychology places, and uh, and and they're like, "Oh, you you do numbers? Yeah, I do numbers. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and most people get into clinical psych because they want to work with people, so." Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it, it was always, it always kind of gave me this, this little perspective that it was always at least good for generating an article idea. Um, because I would, uh, um, I'd be like, okay, well, let's see here. Oh, I just read an article about this and, uh, it, you know, if it was class or if it was for my thesis or, uh, eventually my, my dissertation. Um, Hey, I wonder, yeah, I could pull a baseball angle on that. Right. Sure. Yeah. Um, and that was, that was always really, uh, really cool. And it's led to, um, I guess, some uh, some pretty uh, uh, some pretty unique insights, I guess. Yeah. Well, you're, uh, just a couple more things I want to ask you, Russell. Um, yeah. Or should I call you Pizza Cutter? Because next question, <laughs> because the next question I'm going to ask you is about, you know, it's funny because I think I think it's fair to say that maybe you know half half of people uh, refer to you as Pizza Cutter and the other half refer to you as Russell Carlton. Um, I mm-hmm. I do both. Um, but you know, I, I think everyone knows who you are, you know, based on either term. Um, yeah, I mean, can you talk about about how 
pizza cutter came about and, and what that means, what that is, because um, I remember before I knew uh, who you actually were and, and I just saw pizza cutter, I was saying to myself, is, is this guy crazy? You know, what, what's going on here? What, what's pizza cutter? No, I get to decide who's crazy and who's not. That's true, I guess. <laughs> now, pizza cutter was, I was in college, I was a DJ on the uh, on the radio station on uh, WKCO, 91.9 FM in Gambier, Ohio. <laughs> and I was I was the pizza cutter. And it started from there was a uh, a song that I played by the band Letters to Cleo, which is this band out of Boston. They're big baseball fans, by the way. And um, they uh, um, they had a song called Pizza Cutter, and I love the song. I still do. And I would play that song to to open up my show, and I would say, you know, um, I am the Pizza Cutter. This is the Pizza Cutter show. And we just started off with the Pizza Cutter song, and so I kind of built that character. And so on the uh, on the radio station, I was uh, I, it was my little you know two hours of um, of playing this other character, and so you know I set that aside. I graduated, went to grad school, hadn't thought much about it, and when I uh, when I got the call to um, uh, to do stat speak, they said, well, uh, I said, well, you know, the thing is, at the time I was working as a therapist, uh-huh. and therapists get their unfair share of stalkers, right. Okay. So I went, hmm, you know, probably not best that I have my real name out there right now. Um, so I said, hey, do you guys mind if I just use this, um, use a fake name? And I figured, well, I'll just go with Pizza Cutter. And and so it just kind of started there. And I really went back to Pizza Cutter because, you know, I was thinking, you know, what should I, what should I name myself? Uh, uh-huh. and, I, and I didn't really have a good fake name ready to go, so I just went with that. And so it really doesn't, it, it wasn't meant to symbolize anything other than there was just a happy little song that I liked uh, when I was in college that uh, um, that I named myself after. So that was uh, that's how it happened. Well, I, I do think it's a great name, uh, <laughs> And and the last thing I want to ask you is um is you know I I know that you're busy right now uh, with with uh, several you know um, your consultants as I've said and. Um, sure. Have we seen the last of Pizza Cutter um, on the keyboard? Have we? Are we gonna? Are we ever gonna see any more uh, articles from the famous Pizza Cutter? Oh well, um, you know, right now with the consultancy gig, obviously the uh, uh, the Indians prefer I keep my stuff to myself. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I I have uh, I'm at the point where I'm just enjoying that, and um, you know, I've, I I think you know even. Um, even when I retired from Statspeak, um, I, I, I said I, I reserved the right to have a, a Michael Jordan retirement because I can't hit a curveball either. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, so, you know, I uh, never say never. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, hey, listen, uh, you're always going to be the pizza cutter that everyone's uh, going to know. Well, I mean, everyone's going to know the pizza cutter for baseball. Everyone's going to know Russell Carlton for psychology. Uh, you're a famous guy either way, Russell. <laughs> yeah, but – um. But I really, hey, listen, I really do appreciate you joining me for this podcast uh, appearance, and hopefully this is one of many podcast appearances. Uh, unfortunately, Matt wasn't able to join us for this uh, for this interview, but um, but I'm really glad that uh, that you were able to join me. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, and I really do appreciate you doing this. So um, so hey, yeah, I mean, thanks so much, uh, Russell, and um, and a farewell pizza cutter, and we we hope <laughs> to talk to you soon. Until next time, because this time was indeed better than last time I am and will continue to be the pizza cutter. This has been the Pizza Cutter <laughs> Show, and I love you all. Well, you just do as you're told. Yeah, you do as you're told.